the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You've worked hard. You've had ups and downs since Monday. There were times you thought, wow, this week's going to go on forever. Other times, maybe you thought, it's streaming by. Well, either way, my good friends, it's Friday. And welcome in to the ride home. So happy to have you along for today's edition. It is the Friday edition, which is, in my opinion, the best edition. Is it uh, too early for me to tell you that your weekend has begun? <laughs> that is so sad. I love our fan. Uh, John Hall, still not able to be at work. Uh, hopefully by this time he has had a chest x-ray. I talked to John this morning. He wanted to say how much he appreciated hearing from so many of you listeners. Someone even called the station today and left a message saying that they were concerned about John. Um, he's, he said he feels better today than yesterday, but it's just, it's a stubborn situation. So we're hoping that the uh, x-ray is clear. He can see a physician and get on the mend because all of us around here, miss him. Uh, coming up on today's show, though, we're going to make the best out of it, even without John, because I'm here. Lexi is in the other room. Hi. Hi. And we have uh, some of our standard weekly features. We have Week in Review, which is going to come up at 525 today. Also, this or that, uh, the very first Lexi edition, 425 today. We're also going to be talking about C.S. Lewis at 510. C.S. Lewis warned us about close encounters of the evangelical kind. Aaron Earls, it'll be his first time with us on the show today, so we're looking forward to that. Also, Chris Davis back with us to talk about anticipating Jesus' return. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Titan sub that uh, was lost and some of our thoughts about that. Also, at 525, new poll came out, financial health now is more important than good looks when it comes to finding a partner, true or false? All right. There's uh, a lot more. Plus, this national take your dog to work today. Uh-huh. Or take your dog to work day. Yeah. No pups here at Word FM headquarters. And that's a shame. Isn't honestly. that a shame? I think a lot of us own cats, though. Yeah. I would like to have national. You notice there isn't one. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, no. We have to bring our litter boxes in. Right. Cats are super territorial. Exactly. No national take your cat to work day. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would. Yeah. My cats would lose their ever-loving minds. That's what would happen. Mine too. Anyway, before we go any further, Lex, I think it's time to hear the tunes. So let's go for the top four. I four. For Friday, June 23rd, 2023. Number one, 
You've already probably heard the news that after days of searching for the submersible that went missing in the Atlantic, as it transported five people to view the Titanic wreckage, officials said its fate is no longer a mystery. It imploded in the depths of the sea, apparently within hours after starting its descent. Undersea implosions happen as they said, in a fraction of a second. And officials believe it likely happened fairly early on into the sub's venture. Uh, a, an official was quoted in CBS News today saying, it's probably a mercy because that was a kinder end than the unbelievably difficult situation of being four days in a cold, dark, confined space. So this would have happened very quickly. I don't think anybody even had the time to realize what happened. CBS News reports today that the accident is raising questions about the rules governing deep sea exploration because it's apparently a space on the high seas where laws, conventions can be sidestepped by entrepreneurs who like to take risks, wealthy tourists who help fund their dreams, and operations like the Titan are scrutinized less than the companies that launch people into space. In part because it's operated in international waters. It's uh, far from the reach of many laws of the U.S. or other nations. But um, people are talking about it now. The Titan wasn't registered as a U.S. vessel or with international agencies that regulate safety, nor was it classified by a maritime industry group that set standards on matters such as hull construction. You can read more about that at today's CBS News. Number two. NHL teams won't wear special jerseys for pregame warm-ups during themed nights next season after several players refused to use rainbow-colored pride jerseys this past season. The league's Board of Governors agreed yesterday with Commissioner Gary Bettman's view that the refusals overshadowed the team's efforts in hosting pride nights that in some cases included auctioning off the warm-up jerseys, which I, I never, I never, I, I don't think that's a big deal. I don't the warm-up jersey thing. I don't really get that. Anyway, uh, ABC News goes on to say the teams will still celebrate Pride and other theme nights, including military appreciation and hockey fights cancer. They're also expected to still design and produce jerseys to be autographed. Bettman defended the league and the team's handling of the situation at the NHL All-Star Weekend in February, saying tolerance of various viewpoints was part of being, quote, open, welcoming, and inclusive. And number three, just a few days after promoting Henry Davis, the 2021 MLB number one overall draft pick to the bigs, the Pirates are bringing up another top prospect, infielder Nick Gonzalez. Nick was the Pirates' number seven selection in the 2020 draft, and he will start tonight in Miami. Gonzalez is 24 years old, ranked by the MLB pipeline as the number five prospect in the Pirates' minor league system, and they got to get something good either coming from the farm system or from space or I don't know where because the Pirates are oh so terrible. They're in a 10-game losing streak and they have slipped to fourth place in the NL Central. They were just in first place like two weeks ago. That's how horrible the last couple weeks have been. Read more about that at the trip. And number four, I got a weird animal story to close out the top four at four. We've been following the story of the killer whales that seem downright hacked off in the Strait of Gibraltar, which connects the Atlantic to the Mediterranean, separating Europe from Africa. Well, crew members aboard a rival pair of 65-foot yachts were on the final leg of the Ocean Race, which is an around-the-world sailing competition, when they reported being intercepted by orcas as their boats approached the straight and that is your top four at four okay listen to this one of the team members filmed this interaction and it shows a killer whale coming up to the yacht and doing what 
they have all learned how to do, which is they swim up alongside, they go underneath the boat. All the crew is sitting there like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? And they start to nudge the rudders of the boat. Okay. Because they know that if you disable the rudder, the boat can't do anything. I mean, that's how smart they are. And the orcas come straight at a boat and then they all have taught each other how to do this. I mean, sometimes they come as a group. I mean, it must be absolutely terrifying. Uh, but they know, apparently they know, that this is how to disable the boats that they're sick and tired of having in the Strait of Gibraltar. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. So two different sail teams had to abandon the race because the whales were like, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isn't that fabulous? I, mean, I It's fab. I mean, I'm not on the high seas. So you know, it's not like I want to be heartless to the people that are on the sailboats, but there is something about seeing a killer whale be a killer whale. Yeah. And the whale's like, you know, I don't think so. You don't own everything here. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. And you're in their home. Exactly. You're floating along the top of their home and they see you as a threat and an intruder, like how we see bugs in our home sometimes. Right. And they know that they're like much bigger and stronger than us. Right? Oh, yeah. Some researchers, according to ABC, believe the recent spikes may have been started by a female orca named White Gladys. <laughs> <laughs> the killer whale matriarch apparently suffered what they're calling a critical moment of agony, which might be a boat collision or something that traumatized her. And she just got completely hacked off. They said that a behavioral switch got flicked. And she started changing, and then she started teaching everybody to do what she wanted them to do. Good for her. Because Gladys <laughs> took the heck over. Gladys said, I'm destroying everything. Exactly. How many radio shows do you hear where at Animal News? Anyway, happy to have you along. As I already said, I'm saying it again. Our poet, Misha Willett, back with us today. We're going to talk about why go to church. Coming up next, Friday edition, right home. 1.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Riley Clemens, loved by you. Do not worship you from Mercy Me. So who am I? Who am I? Do not worship you. And My Light by Colton Dixon. You will be my, 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 my. my the best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. If you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling 1-866-806-2977. That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. Right now, MyPillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. Listeners continually make the My Slippers the number one selling MyPillow product. And I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. Hey, this is John Hall. 
When you use my promo code WORD, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout, these will sell out, so act now. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra-comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for $25, regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for this incredible offer. It won't last long, so please order now. Guys, if you're frustrated with online dating, give Pittsburgh Singles a try. If you're between 38 and 43, single, Christian, educated, and family-oriented, Pittsburgh Singles has two particular VIP women you might want to meet. These beautiful, educated, local Christian women are looking for the same thing you are, the possibility of forever love with someone who shares their faith and values. Could that be you? Take three easy steps to find out with Pittsburgh's premier matchmaking service at pittsburgh-singles.com. I've often shared my history with poetry, which started out as just, I don't know if it was much, I was going to say derision. I I guess it wasn't as much derision as it was, I, maybe mystification. I couldn't get it. I just, I, I, I had a hard time slowing down and poetry made me angry because it, you have to slow down. And I just was frustrated by that. Um, and it wasn't until, I don't know, eight, maybe six or seven years ago that uh, John Hall decided to relentlessly book guests on the ride home with John and Kathy, uh, who advocated poetry until I came around. He's a very stubborn man. <laughs> but I did come around and I'm super excited I did because we've gotten to know Misha Willett over the last couple of years. He's the author of The Elegy Beta and Phases. He teaches English at Seattle Pacific University. He's a poet himself and he's helped me to understand poetry better. And so I'm happy to have him back on the show. Misha, how are you? I'm doing very well. Feels like the first day of summer out here in Seattle, actually. Really? What does that mean? What does that look like in Seattle? Well, it was it was actually cold most of this week, but today it meant that I took our new baby, Cicely Rose, two months old, to the beach for the first time. Oh my gosh. Is that terrific, Misha? <laughs> she didn't enjoy it. Of course not. No. I thought she might, but we did put her feet in the Puget Sound, which felt like a, a rite of passage for Pacific Northwesterners. Oh, that is super great. So you're not getting very much sleep at this time. Um, how are you getting used to being the father of three? Is, this is the third, right? This is the third one. Yeah, way to remember. Um, actually, we had to go and buy a, a big SUV last week mm-hmm. um, because I used to drive a Mini Cooper around, right. which was fine for my other two kids. But um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of changes. I couldn't parallel park. We live, you know, downtown, and I tried to to park to pick my daughter up from this from a sleepover, and I couldn't do it. I had to <laughs> go and find some larger parking <laughs> spot with our new mini bus. Yeah, it's a whole bit of life change. I remember being a um, an, a young parent and feeling like I would never give in to the minivan thing because that's what old stodgy mm-hmm. people do. And yep. <laughs> I was hip and uninterested in that sort of thing. So I was going to be, you know, the uh, the er- the young urban mom, and I was right. going, you know, and. <laughs> 
It didn't take long, Misha, before I couldn't, lifting that 22-pound baby when she was, you know, 11 and a half months old out of the back of my car, I thought, I cannot do this. You and I had exactly the same plans and exactly the same eventual compromise. Exactly. (laughs) It's embarrassing to admit how important, like, uh, very surfacey things are to us, especially to you who's a poet, right? Yeah, that's right. I, one tries to live an aesthetic sort of life, and even if only to be consistent uh, with one's sense of self. But yeah, reality has a way of um, yes. being iconoclastic. Yes, it does. Uh, parenting brings nothing faster than humility. Blatant, yeah, blatant unavoidable humility. Uh, okay, Misha, so talk to us about um, childhood summers. Uh, were you? Did you grow up in the Pacific Northwest? I did mostly, yeah. And actually, when I think of um, summers, the first thing I think of is blackberries and the smell of blackberries cooking in the in the sun. Um, there were five kids in my family, mm-hmm. and we had uh, one acre that we were renting, and blackberries were just absolutely everywhere. So they gave each of us five kids a five-gallon bucket <gasps> to fill up. And so we'd come in with, you know, 25 gallons of blackberries. Oh, my god! We'd more or less eat all summer long for, for lunches. We'd turn it into syrup, into pies, everything, put them in our pancakes, everything that my mom could think of. Wow. That's incredible. It's the, the world out here is so, so fecund and so fruitful and productive. Yeah. And I want to give that something like that experience to my kids. So actually, we drive out to check when the blackberries are ripe enough in the nearby park. They're not quite yet. They need a few more weeks after where we are now. Wow. Okay, so when you think back on that, and I'm going to ask you to put your poet hat on, or I don't know even as a poet if you can take that hat off, um, <laughs> what, what, like, do you get sentimental about that? What does it make you think? Yeah, you know, it makes me think of, like, how powerful symbols are. You know, like, there's nothing, I don't even like blackberries that much, mm-hmm. and I don't love the scent of them roasting in the Oregon sun particularly, but Every time I get just a whiff of it, I'm so immediately back there. And that's one of the things I'm thinking about with the power of the symbol, which is something I think about as a poet, but also as a Christian. Um, My son Sebastian is about to be baptized, so we're trying to explain to him what the Eucharist means Mm. uh, for us. And so I'm, I'm trying to draw on this language of symbols and how something that's small, like the scent of a blackberry or or the taste of bread, can actually contain the universe. Hmm. You know, as you were talking, I don't know why this happened, but um, you were talking about sense and how, you know, the the blackberry takes you back. All of a sudden, I had this picture in my head of walking in to my great aunt's kitchen on Christmas Eve. And we mm-hmm. we, we celebrated Christmas Eve there for a lo- all the years I was growing up. And um, Christmas Eve is the big celebration if you come from a Polish family. Christmas Day is kind of like an afterthought. Uh, But Christmas Eve is the big thing. And I remember walking in her back door. It was like the most exciting night ever, every single year. I mean, it was so spectacular because, of course, you know, it was Christmas Eve. All the presents were happening. But it was like her kitchen was filled with every Polish Christmas anything there you know there were there were seven kinds of of pierogies there were Uh cookies there was bean soup on the stove and all those sorts of things I haven't thought of that in a long time because she's been gone for decades but when you were talking about it contained the whole world to me that was like my whole ethnic family growing like the smell of that kitchen was being a Polish grandkid in like a Polish ghetto 
and that was everything. That's so that's so articulate. That's the way that, that's one of the reasons poetry works the way it does, because we can listen to or observe or feel someone else remembering their own experience, something you maybe never experienced. Right. Like like blackberries in Oregon. And it still lights up the part of your own mind where memories are latent and, mm. and pregnant with meaning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. OK. You, you have a poem to share about that? Yeah, sure. Well, here's one that, that's close that reminds me of, of when I was when I was that age. Um, it's called The Children by a Christian poet called Mark Jarman. The children are hiding among the raspberry canes. They look big to one another, the garden small. Already in their mouths, this soft fruit that lasts so briefly in the supermarket tastes like the past. The gritty wall behind the veil of leaves is hollow, there are yellow wasps inside it. The children know. They know the wall is hard, although it hums. They know a lot and will not forget it soon. When did we forget? But we were never children, never found where they were hiding, and hid with them, never followed the wasp down into its nest with a fingertip that still tingles. We lie in bed at night thinking about the future, always the future, always forgetting that it will be the past hard and hollow, veiled and humming soon enough. Mm. Wow, is that great. Who's the poet? Mark Jarman. That's Mm. what the poem's called, The Children. Mm. It's one of the things I think about as I'm I'm raising these three children out here is trying to be present because I know quickly present slips into the past and all the time I'm making plans for the future. What are we going to do next year? And how are we going to move into a bigger house? And all these things is future focused. And I'm, you know, potentially missing things like, you know, the drawings they're making on the table this afternoon, uh, you know, of their memories of the beach, because I'm thinking about how, how do I plan for this to work? And the poem reminds us to, Hey, that too is going to be the past. This is the time when they were young. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. I often think about how Jesus looked at time when he was on earth Mm -hmm. because he was, you know, he had submitted himself to it like we are. I mean, we have to submit. He didn't have to, but we're we're within time. And yet Hebrews tells us that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So he knew what mm-hmm. what the end game was, right? And he yeah. knew what was coming, which gave him courage for the present. But yeah, I want, right. yeah, I wonder how, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm so interested in. I just finished reading uh, "Walking on Water" by Madeline Langle, who's one of my oh, yeah. favorite yeah. writers. Beautiful. And I'd never read this before, and she talks a lot in it about time, and about right. being captured by time and and her wonderings about what it might be like to be set free from it uh in the new heavens and the new earth i don't know it's yeah. just you know i've it it's something that kind of it's exciting kind of scary right. um but i don't know when you have little kids i think you think about it a lot yeah i like that you brought that up i mean you think about your experience of christmas eve and that sense of anticipation, right? And of course, Christmas is a kind of joy, and seeing your relatives and, and eating pierogies—that is, that's a real joy, but of of a certain sort of shape, right? Mm-hmm. And then you think of the joy that is set before him, referring to Christ, right? Think of the joy of you know complete union with the Father that he had to look forward to, and yet he's always telling people to be present. Yeah. Yep. 
right? I mean, he could have very easily been like, oh, man, just you guys wait. Right. <laughs> but he's always saying, like, the son of man you have with you now. And, and Mary, stop, stop, uh, Martha, stop working so much and pay attention to what's happening in yeah, front of your face. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And him saying, you're not always going to have me. Yeah, that's exactly right. This time will come to an end, which is, yeah, yeah always the lesson. Wow. Misha, always such a pleasure uh, to meet with you. Do you have one other, and by meet, I mean in a virtual sense, um, you have another poem you can share with us on your way out? I do, yeah. This one, this is one of mine, and I think it's done. I'm working on it right now. It's very fresh. Oh, okay. Um, But I'm remembering that same backyard in Oregon when we went to Costco and bought a swing set. Mm. Uh, And so it's about looking back. It's called And Forth. We tried one once a kit from a store and sunk it post by pressure treated lumber post into Oregon, one umber splinter after another as cement pails poured one small summer bent back at a time. Turns out no hole holds quite, nor did we know how to calculate the huge pull a boy seven or so and sisters will exert upon a hand ratchet at swing's end. Turns out, We were working it from the ground with every push me, each tether small pull of velocity that would wrench it like a tooth. Proof we'd grown past such forms and youth. That's my favorite thing I've read that you've written. Thank you so much for saying that, that you were the first person to hear. You and your listeners are the very first people in the world to hear it out loud. I absolutely love that. Oh, bless that you is for a saying. beautiful, beautiful picture. And well, I lo- and I'll, I'll come on the show and let you know when the book comes out. Okay, great, great, great. I'll do press for you. Yeah, seriously, that is absolutely terrific. And I love the part where you say you pounded it into Oregon. That is just really, really <laughs> so, so excellent. Misha, time's up. We got to go. Love you so much. Thanks for joining me today. Take care. Appreciate it. It's Misha Willett, The Elegy Beta and Phases. You need a poem for the weekend? You can supply it. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. July 4th, witness the gripping reality of true heroism. From Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Made at PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th. 
Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free. Call 800-235-5588. That's 800-235-5588. 800-235-5588. Terry, we're Jonas here from the Gateway Clipper. Kids, are you ready to meet the world's coolest superheroes? The Superhero Cruise is back, sailing Sunday, June 25th. Don't miss your chance to have a blast sailing the three rivers. Visit gatewayclipper.com for tickets. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. One hundred one point five WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying "Play the Word Pittsburgh" and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Mom's early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take, and when I left the oven on, we decided together that it was time to see a doctor and make a plan. Early detection gave us more time to seek out information and support as a family. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. We'll see considerable cloudiness for tonight with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tonight's low 61, mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow. A couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow's high 76. Mostly cloudy skies expected tomorrow night with a low of 62. Sunday, we'll wrap up the weekend with mostly cloudy skies. A couple of showers. It will remain humid with a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. It's time now for everyone's favorite edition, This or That. Very excited to (laughs) be a part of this. (laughs) This or That, brought to you by the uh, Ride Home with John and Kathy without John today. (laughs) It's the Johnless edition of the Ride Home. (laughs) It is, and so it's going to become the Lexi edition of This or That. (laughs) This or That is our weekly feature where we ask each other just a thing. It doesn't mean anything in the world, but it could mean everything. So we'll see how it goes. Lexi, are you going to go first? Yeah, I can. Oh, I'm super excited about it. <laughs> so uh, you were the first one to be sick. Uh, then you were off for a week. Then John's been on and off for about two or three weeks, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I've been fighting off a cold for, you know, for the better half of a week. So this is the sick of being sick edition of oh! this or that. Uh, so up first, NyQuil or Zequil? Oh, uh, Z-Quilt. NyQuil freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's totally Thank fair. Thank you. I'm glad you say that because John <laughs> thinks that's awful. Stuffy nose or runny nose? Oh, I hate congestion. Mm-hmm. Runny nose, bring it. That other thing where you can't, like, your head is, like, 100 pounds, forget it. Yeah. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sick during the winter or sick during the summer? Well, neither one is great. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say sick during the summer because you don't expect to be sick during the summer. Oh, okay. Like the winter, you kind of think, oh, I'm going to have a winter cold. But when I was sick a couple weeks ago, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And why am I so hot? Throws you off your groove. Yeah. Uh, when you are sick and you're lying in bed, do you go to TV shows or movies? Oh, uh, wise of you to ask. I always go to TV show mm. because uh, I need something that's going to have a long story 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't like dip into something for two hours. So oh, definitely yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. Sick during the work week. Sick during the weekend. Oh, it's terrible both ways. Because if I'm sick during the week, I feel badly like I'm wrecking things for you and John. And if I'm sick over the weekend, I feel like I'm wrecking things for me. <laughs> okay, I'll pick during the week. <laughs> All right. Canada Dry Ginger Ale or 7-Up. Oh. I'm going ginger ale. Oh, yeah. All right. Saltine crackers or oyster crackers? Always saltine. Oh, yeah. Can mm-hmm. never go wrong. Tomato soup or chicken noodle soup? Both good. I'm going to go tomato. There you go. When you are bored and TV shows are done, coloring books or reading books? Mm, reading books. Mm-hmm. I can't really color. <laughs> I just can't. I can't get into it. I love that. Hot coffee or hot tea? Hot uh, nothing. I don't like anything hot. Uh, wait, this or that? But okay, if I have to, I'm going co- to say tea. There you go. Mm-hmm. Showing up to work sick and then leaving soon after you show up or just calling out all together. Oh, well, I mean, you, it's better to call off all together because like yesterday we thought John was going to be here and then he came in and had to go home and then we were all screwed up. <laughs> it's a little bit of a call out post for him. <laughs> and that is my sick of being sick edition. of I love it. Outstanding job, Lexi. Look at me. Well, I uh, turned to my list in front of me and you know what I've named it? What? The Lexi edition of this or that. <laughs> Can't wait. Number one, cat or dog? Oh, cat, for sure. Okay. Get to work at the crack of dawn, but be done in early afternoon, or get to work later and be done later? Oh, see, I'm bad at showing up early, but I don't like waking up early. Like, I just, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, showing up late. Uh huh, and staying late. Yeah. Uh-huh. Unfortunate. Board game or video game? Video game. Oh, interesting. I know. I love both, but I think I'm going to pick a video game. I've, I'm surprised by that. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. Wow. Okay. <laughs> having a great apartment or having a great car? Having a great apartment because not a lot of people will be in my car, but a lot of people will be in my apartment. That's important thinking. Have a really nice car with bad tech inside, like stereo, uh, you know, hook up with your phone, or have an average car with excellent tech? Have a... The latter. Uh, me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. It doesn't have to be a fancy car, but I just want it to work. Yeah. Frozen yogurt or, fro- or ice cream? Ice cream. Ice cream or frozen custard? Ooh, frozen custard. Frozen custard or frozen yogurt? Uh, frozen custard. Okay. That's the winner. It's a weeknight. You choose to stream a British drama or watch a documentary? Oh, watch a documentary. <laughs> That's so fascinating. Taylor Swift or Haley Williams? <gasps> oh, you can't do that. Yeah, to me. Uh, it's this or that. Oh, oh man. Sorry, Tay Tay. It's Haley Williams Is for me. Is it? Mm-hmm. Paramore or Fallout Boy? <gasps> Kathy, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I think it's got to be Paramore. Okay. Paramore or All Time Low? All Time Low. I've seen them more. Wow. Okay. I've seen them that, more. Was, that was easier than I expected. A cat who scratches up your furniture or a cat who pees on the floor? <laughs> rather have a cat that scratches my furniture unfortunately i have both <laughs> me too uh having a bird as a pet or having a lizard as a pet as a lizard <laughs> the face of that's Kathy's so weird me. doctor who or merlin doctor who okay spend your hard-earned weekend with your feet up relaxing at home or spend your weekend crisscrossing pennsylvania and ohio to play silly <laughs> games with your college friends <laughs> crisscrossing ohio <laughs> 
101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. He found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy, don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. Plan now to join Word FM Friday, August 18th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes, John and Kathy, will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. Early bird tickets, just $40 through June 23rd. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. I've been in the church a long time, as I was just talking about, and we just haven't talked a lot about Jesus coming back. I mean, it's something that we, that I would say that every church I grew up in believes, um, but not something that we talk about often, not something I think that figures into personal discipleship very much. Um, and so that's why I was so excited to hear about this new book called Bright Hope for Tomorrow, how anticipating Jesus' return gives us strength for today. And I'm happy to welcome Chris Davis to the show for the first time. Chris, how are you doing? Hey, good to see you. Thanks for having me. Welcome in. What's your church experience? Was it like that? You know, I I grew up in a church where we actually studied Revelation and other oh, yeah. end times texts from a very specific perspective. Okay. and But it was a lot more about... Ooh, could 
could this event in Russia yes, or Iran right. or something else Got it. signal the end of, you know, the end of times, the return of Jesus? And so that, that was more the milieu I, I came up in. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I know exactly what milieu you're talking about. Um, but also that doesn't lead much into personal discipleship, right? No, no. And that's the thing. It's like, this is all very fascinating, right? It's very interesting. But what does it actually do to make me more like Jesus or to give me perseverance through difficulties or, or you know, the, to, to get me more focused on ministry? What What is this chart that I'm looking at of this guy laying sideways in the 70 weeks of Daniel? What is that supposed to actually do to to help me uh, f- move forward in my Christian faith? Right. Okay. So something changed for you when you pulled out some of your kids like sketch paper and you started yeah. like, what were you like drawing pictures, doodling stuff? Like what were you, uh, Yeah. what was the mental process so. there? No. Yeah. I was reading the, the New Testament for, for just preaching. I've been a pastor since 2005 and I was preaching through a number of texts about uh, spiritual growth and how we grow in our faith. And I started seeing these references to the Lord's return all over the place. And I was like, this is too much for me to hold in my head right now. I've got to like get this all down somewhere. So I ran it. I had a home. This is in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and I ran into the house at a home office and, um, and I ran over to my kid's easel and pulled out a whole roll of art paper and tore it off. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And I said, just give me a second. And I started with a pencil in my hand, started writing down every reference to Jesus's return I could find in the specifically in the New Testament letters. Mm-hmm. I knew about the Mount Olivet Discourse and, you know, in the Gospels and the book of Revelation. But what were the apostles writing to the church to say, here's how anticipating Jesus return is supposed to change you now today. Mm. And as I wrote all those references down, and I'm so sorry, I'm not prepared. I actually have it in the, in the next office over, but I, I could roll it out and yeah. show you. But as, next, time. As I, as I, next time, that's right. As I started writing these down, it was overwhelming. And I felt like, you know, that gif where uh, Charlie Day is like, has the cork board and sure, all the, different, of course. The, the yarn. That's what I felt like. I was, I, I ran into the house like a couple of days later after writing all this down by hand. And I said to my wife, it's everywhere and no <laughs> one's talking about it. Oh, and more so, it was like, it's everywhere. And all they're talking about is, ooh, what does this end time event mean for this prophecy? And what, and I'm like, that's not what the apostles were talking about. They expected the return of Jesus to fuel their faith mm. and their endurance and their perseverance and their holiness, all these things. And and this is not what people are talking about. So that mm. was eight years ago. And that started my study on this on this topic. Wow. OK, so you're holding the book in your hand. For those of you watching on Zoom, check it out. Bright Hope for Tomorrow is the new book by Chris. Look at that. How anticipating Jesus return gives strength for today. Um, OK, Chris. So uh, so how does it? I mean, how does it give us strength for today? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, very simple. I can tell you in about eight minutes. Um, <laughs> so, so one thing it does is it gives us um, something to hope for that's better than the the things that we long for in this age. You know, it's the C.S. Lewis quote about we're like kids making the mud pies, mud pies in the slums. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that that quote changed my life in high school. I was like, oh, the Christian faith is actually supposed to uh, propel us forward, not just, um, you know, uh, not just like hold us down in our passions. And so one thing it gives us when when we feel tempted towards the things of this age, um, the, the, the allurements of money, sex, and power, it gives us a broader, a longer vision of what all those things are for. Um, mm-hmm. It transforms us through giving us a vision for ministry. One, as a pastor, one of my favorite parts of Paul's letters to the Thessalonians and the Philippians and the Corinthians is how he saw the, uh, the return of Jesus as something that would uh, give him clarity. And I, I, I say this in the mm-hmm. book. I say, I, I imagine this moment where Paul is standing before Jesus and he's showing him the Thessalonians and he's saying, Jesus, I did what you told me to do. Huh. You wow. know, on the road to Damascus, you told me mm-hmm. to be a witness to your gospel, of your gospel to the Gentiles and to kings and to the house of Israel. And and I did because he te- mm-hmm. he says to the Thessalonians, he's been kicked out of Thessalonica. And he says to the Thessalonians, um, you are my, he says, what is my crown of boasting before the Lord at his return? Is it not you? And so he he imagines this moment where he will boast to Jesus of the faith of those he had invested mm. in his life and the gospel. Mm. And so it gives so much clarity to the, look, I'm a pastor that ministry can be frustrating. Yeah. It can be overwhelming. There can be so much that happens that gets us down and, and to have that long view that gives us the ability to have long strides toward that day. Yeah, that is really, really good. I love that. Chris Davis is with me. Um, Bright Hope for Tomorrow is the new book, How Anticipating Jesus' Return Gives Us Strength for Today. Um, okay, so talk about what else. You had, a, you had a list of several things, and I interrupted you in the middle. No, that's great. So another thing we talk about is afflictions, the afflictions we go through. So there's there are issues of injustice. If you read James chapter 5, he addresses an issue very similar to what we had in the American South in the sharecropper situation following uh, the Civil War, where you had uh, sharecroppers whose wages were being kept by the landowners simply because the landowners had the power to do that. Mm-hmm. James is addressing a very similar situation in uh, in early uh, the early church, and he uses the coming of the Lord as that means by which they can say justice is coming. Mm-hmm. So I develop in the last chapter, I developed this idea of prophetic patience, that this idea that you can you can be patient because the judge is coming. coming. The judge is standing at the door. And yet that's not just like roll over and play dead, be a doormat, let people take your money and your stuff. James models a prophetic word. He mocks those who are abusing and exploiting the weak and the poor. And he says, actually, your, you know, quote unquote, riches that you're gaining with all this, it's going to turn to dust. It's going to be worthless very, very soon. And so James models for us. Here's what it looks like to call out injustice now and, and speak truth to power now in a way that gives us strength to look towards mm-hmm. the day of the Lord and and be patient to know he will make it right. Hmm. So in all these things, it kind of reorders our loves 
almost. It does. Knowing what's coming. Yeah. In fact, there's, so in the book, I work through um, just some introductory, like the, the biblical theology, the whole story of the day of the Lord and the Lord's appearings throughout the Bible. And then in the second part, I walk through these particular images of Jesus as warrior king, bridegroom, judge, and resurrecting one. And the third part, see, there wasn't a third part at first. I just jumped straight to the application about purifying ourselves and doing the master's work and persevering through afflictions. But honestly, I found myself not really changed by this. Mm. Like it was nice theoretically, but I didn't find myself truly motivated and like in this ingrained in my life. So I started asking this question. So where are these, where, what are some rhythms that can be incorporated into my life to keep me aware that the Lord is coming back? And if you read the New Testament, it turns out that, that there's a lot about how gathering, like encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing mm-hmm. near the way we gather together and take the Lord's Supper, proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. Um, Fasting, Jesus said the bridegroom is with them. They shouldn't fast now, but when the bridegroom's taken away, then they will fast. So how we fast in such a way that leans into Jesus's coming. But the third one that I, I develop is that of rest, of taking Sabbath rest. And part of it is disengaging from the news, disengaging from our devices, disengaging from our ruling over the world and and making something of the world to pause for that one day in seven, like God did on the creation week to remember God is in control. And when Jesus comes back, Jesus will redeem power that we have messed up and misused. Jesus will redeem delight again, which we have skewed with our sin and with Satan's temptations. And Jesus will redeem everything giving us the ability to step back for a day a week and just rest mm-hmm. and say, Jesus, I'm going to practice. And, and I know we're almost out of time, but let me say this. My dad passed away four years ago, but just about six months before he passed away, he was telling my wife, you know, when I practice Sabbath once a week, it's like practicing for heaven, huh. practicing for eternity. And that was one of the last conversations we like really held on to after he passed away to think, you know, we do one day in seven, we can, it's not pretending, we can practice. Like, what if Jesus were reigning right now in his fullness and and we could just let go and let him be the boss and, and, and not have to change the world mm-hmm. because he's going to change the world. And so that's honestly, when I, when I just shut off for my day of Sabbath each week, that teaching about what we can hope in, what Jesus will redeem when he comes back, redeeming work, redeeming power redeeming uh, delight, it it works into my life. Okay, I can practice that now so that each week I can get a little more used to what it will be like when Jesus returns. Man, I love that. Bright Hope for Tomorrow is the new book, How Anticipating Jesus' Return Gives Us Strength for Today. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. 
I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH to the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text FAITH to 989898 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold and Believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Ruder Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-REUTER2 today. It's the Friday edition of The Ride Home, and we're just wrapping up Hour 1. It's National Take Your Dog to Work Day, and I know that you know I have some family members who very much dislike being at a restaurant and having someone come in with their dog. Now, this isn't in the middle of a fine restaurant inside. It would be outside on a patio or something like that. And um, it's my family members don't dislike animals, but they really dislike having dogs you know it like more accepted in the store the mall the restaurant whatever and so lexi i'm wondering how how do you feel about that i don't i don't personally have a problem with it i would prefer like if someone has a dog like pr- keep it outside i used to work at um a department store that was like pet friendly um and people would come in with their dogs all the time and any issue that the dog has becomes the store's problem or the oh. restaurant's problem. Oh, like? Like if they, you know, decide to make a mess on the floor by going number one or number two, uh, most of the time people will, because we specifically, we were not like a pet store. We were just like a regular, you know, yeah. department store. Um, and people would just like covertly walk away and they wouldn't try to clean that up. That is horrible. Isn't that awful? So my thing is like, if you're going to bring your dog, make sure that you are responsible no enough kidding. to take care of it. Um, and then, of course, you know, service animals, um, people who need to have their medical equipment essentially with them. That's all. I'm all fine and good with that. Yeah. I. How about you? Well, I I love dogs, especially because I don't have dogs mm-hmm. and I don't want to have dogs, but I love other people's dogs. Um, but I'm just a patron at the restaurant. If I was in your position at a store and some someone's dog came in 
and peed on the floor, I would be livid. Yeah. And beside myself. So I under so I I feel like I want to leave that in the lap of the store or restaurant owner. Mm-hmm. If they're not willing to take that on, then that's totally fine. John Hall, one of the biggest dog lovers I've ever met, he despises dogs really? like that in public places. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Again, he's like, people should take care of their dogs and they should leave them at home. Yeah. Much more to come. Five o'clock edition after news and weather. It's the ride home. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Code ERIC. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Speaker McCarthy sidelines Representative Lauren Boebert's push for a quick vote on President Biden's impeachment. The House voted Thursday strictly along partisan lines to send the impeachment resolution back to the committees for review, a move that allowed GOP leaders to sidestep Boebert's efforts to hold an immediate vote on impeachment, opposed by McCarthy and others who viewed it as a political distraction from other priorities. Boebert's seemingly off-the-cuff move to push forward the impeachment resolution as a lone lawmaker caught Republicans off guard. The measure charges the sitting president with, quote, high crimes and mis demeanors over his handling of the ongoing crisis at the U.S. border. Edwin Mora, Washington. Wall Street in the red. The Dow is down 256 points. The Nasdaq off 135. This is SRN News. Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. If you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling one 806 20 That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. Guys, if you're frustrated with online dating, give Pittsburgh Singles a try. If you're between 38 and 43, single, Christian, educated, and family-oriented, Pittsburgh Singles has two particular VIP women you might want to meet. These beautiful, educated, local Christian women are looking for the same thing you are, the possibility of forever love with someone who shares their faith and values. Could that be you? Take three easy steps to find out with Pittsburgh's premier matchmaking service at pittsburgh-singles.com. If you're looking for a great book that explores the character and work of Jesus, contact Truth For Life today and request a copy of the book, Confronting Jesus, Nine Encounters with the Hero of the Gospel. Each chapter unpacks a different role that marks the work and nature of Christ, such as his role as king, teacher, healer, and servant. Get your copy today at truthforlife.org slash donate. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. 
The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We'll see considerable cloudiness for tonight with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tonight's low 61, mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow. A couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow's high 76. Mostly cloudy skies expected tomorrow night with a low of 62. Sunday, we'll wrap up the weekend with mostly cloudy skies. A couple of showers. It will remain humid with a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Friday edition of The Ride Home. I'm Kathy Emmons. Glad to have you along. Thanks for taking us along on your ride home. Lexi Merritt with me today. John Hall still under the weather and so uh, convalescing at home. You've probably already heard the news that the submersible that went missing in the Atlantic as it took five people to view the wreckage of the Titanic um, has not survived and that the uh, five people who were inside have been declared lost. Um, in an article today in CBS News, uh, Coast Guard Rear Admiral Admiral John Mauger uh, talked about what a catastrophic implosion would be like uh, under the sea. And the good news about it, if there is good news to be found, is that it was a it was very quick. Um, and that it would have happened in a fraction of a second. Uh, as the teams were out searching for this sub, all I could imagine were these people down in this. It, when you see the diagram of how small the Titan was and how closely they're sitting together, and how, I mean, I just, it, it freaked me out. It did. I thought what, these poor people like wouldn't. So to think that uh, they perished is horrible. Uh, to think that they perished quickly is um, easier. And so, uh, you know, we're thinking of their family, you know, all of their friends, their loved ones. Um, but I, I was wondering about ocean exploration. Lexi, you and I were talking about this before the show started. And just I have zero desire to go down to see the Titanic wreckage. Is that something that you have ever dreamed about? Absolutely not. I mean, that is the grave of thousands and thousands of people, and I believe that it should stay a grave. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I also have to say that figuring chiefly into my reasoning is the fact that I'd be way too scared. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I'd be so terrified. I think the ocean is... I would rather go to space. Yes, I... (laughs) 
100% agree with and you. And I'm pretty scared of space. Are you scared of space? Yeah. I, I am definitely scared of space. Yeah. You know why? Did you watch um, For All Mankind? No, I did not. Oh, it's so good. I'll put it on the list. It's on Apple TV. And it's a uh, it's a what if story, like an alternate future story or an alternate history story and future both, um, where instead of the U.S. being the first to walk on the moon, Russia is the first country that walks on the moon. And so the writers of the show have imagined what would it have been like if we would not have come in first and what would the 1960s, the 70s been like? And so in their alternate reality, it has become just a gigantic space race. So they took the reality of the Cold War and they kind of thought that it would be reimagined as a space war, but not a space war like like a war being fought, mm-hmm. but like who's going to get where first? And it like incredible amounts of uh, taxpayer money in both the Soviet Union and America going into this and it just being such a focus of the American psyche and all of that sort of thing. It is beautifully done. I mean, it's just wonderful. But they set up a space station on the moon and it's so forbidding to imagine being in such a dark atmosphere like that, not being able to exit without a pressurized suit, all of the things being so removed from any sort of assistance when it could arise, which, of course, it does because, mm-hmm. you know, you can imagine it would. Anyway, it's just, that freaked me out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I bet. Yeah. I I don't know. From a really young age, I've been obsessed with space. So I I would love to visit space if I could. Like I interesting. Yeah, I like, would love to just like just go around orbit, like orbit the Earth for just like a day and then come back. I would do that. So you, when you were a little kid, you were had like the astronaut thing going. I did. It was either that. This is so funny because I love space and I love the ocean. I respect both greatly because when I was a kid, I either wanted to be an astronaut or a marine biologist. <laughs> And now I'm a radio, yeah, <laughs> I'm a radio that's, person. That's funny, right? Yeah. It, you know, both of those uh, job or career paths, I think, would attract the same type of person, mm-hmm. which is somebody who's pretty brave, someone who's pretty techy, and someone who has a lot of confidence in uh, technology's ability to let you go to places that you wouldn't normally be able to do. Yeah. To go. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I respect anyone that decides, like, this is what I'm going to do, like astrophysicists and marine biologists who decide, like, they're going to make um, exploring the inhabit, like, uninhabitable. Um, they possible. Wanna, yeah, possible. Right. They want to go there. Not that they want to inhabit it, but they want to be there and they want to embrace what's there. And I appreciate that. What about your thoughts on the submersible? And, you know, I talked in the first hour about how there's no regulation when it comes to these submersible vehicles Mm -hmm. and they they're not owned or regulated by a nation. So they're not subject to their laws. There are actually more regulations on the things that someone can push into space than there are things that you can send into the ocean. Yeah. So um, like five lives were lost. So it's a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your reaction to that? My reaction is that I I am deeply saddened to hear that five people lost their lives. Um, I do recognize, however, that they understood that there was great risk going yeah. and um, exploring something that um, in in a vehicle that was 
um, barely regulated in an area that is not regulated by any any one country or any person. Um, so there was a great risk to it. Um, and I hope with with the thought process of it that they understood that risk. Right. And they took that risk. But it was their choice. And it was their choice. Right. Like we were talking about this before the show. I said it's not like a boat leaving Haiti with a bunch of refugees you know, capsizes. Yes. Because it's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, those people are leaving out of desperation and, you know, because they feel like their life will be over if they stay where they are. Mm -hmm. So someone paying, you know, a quarter of a million dollars to go on a thrill ride is different. Now it's not, it's not, one is not necessarily sadder than the other because it's loss of life. But at the same time you think, okay, well, this is the life of the adventurer. Yes. Is there, you have to know what the risks are. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be great risk going into something that is um, un- as unexplored as the ocean. Right. Like, um, I kind of think of, like, Steve Irwin in that moment, right? Like, mm-hmm. he greatly respected wildlife, he, but he knew the risks of going out into the ocean and messing with dangerous animals. And unfortunately, he lost his life to that. But right. And it was a great loss, but we still he still understood the risks. Yeah. And he still did it anyway. Yeah. Did you see Titanic? What, like the movie? Uh-huh. It's been a long time since I saw it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it too. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it one time and I never felt the need to see it again because, I mean, it's a pretty sad movie. Yes. But also, it's, I mean, it, it was an incredible achievement in, in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Hearing James Cameron talk about what it took, I mean, I don't know. He went down to the wreckage 24 times or something like that. Yes. But he said he went in a very different type of vehicle mm-hmm. because from the very beginning, he didn't trust this type. Mm-hmm. Right. He, yeah. Even though it was much, much lighter, he just he never felt confident that it could withstand uh, the the pressure that it was being subjected to. Yeah. So you can read more about that all over the Web today. James Cameron um, did several interviews yesterday, and I think his perspective on it is, is really interesting. I don't know of very many people on Earth, certainly few in the public eye who have uh, who have more of a knowledge of what the wreckage looked like and what it, what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um yeah, it's a sad story in the news today. Uh, we step aside. Um, we're going to consider something about space and uh, another story that's going to stretch our imagination. We'll talk about C.S. Lewis and his thought of UFOs. That's next. 101.5 WORD. In our daily devotional, Charles Stanley talks about the importance of bearing one another's burdens. Start your day with biblical guidance for helping others, delivered directly to your inbox with our station's daily devotional email. Dr. Stanley is joined by many other ministry leaders. It's amazing how your day can be shaped when you start with God's perspective. Subscribe to any of our devotionals or newsletters at wordfm.com slash subscribe. All right, it's Friday, and that means that there's no one that we'd rather talk to than Marsha Opp from the Springhouse. Marsha, welcome in. Hi. Hi, Cass. How are you doing today? Well, I hear that things are so good at the Springhouse that the news is so overwhelming with the number of customers you've had that now you're looking for help? Yes, we are. We really need to build our crew up. One of our gals was saying today she looked at a Google review, and she said, I'll bet my mom wrote that because it was such a nice review. But <laughs> <laughs> her mom didn't. It was a customer. It's just so wonderful. The response has been amazing. And so we need to hire some more cooks. We need to hire people to make our 12-foot-long uh, salad case worth of yummy homemade salads. 
we need to hire um, some catering help and office help for the catering, a little bit of office help in the store, just a little bit of everything. We need to have some more help. And we are just so blessed to get to work with such an amazing crew. We feel like a family because we have people from all walks of life, grandmas and grandfathers and kids and moms and dads. And, um, you know, we all get to help each other stretch and grow together and um, take good care of our customers and whether in the front of the house or the back of the house. And we're just really blessed to get to work with a great crew. So I just thought I'd throw it out there that we're hiring. Wow. Well, that's terrific. Listen, if you are looking for hard work, but you're looking to do it with a great group of people, you would not find anything you'd like more than the Springhouse. So check them out, springhousemarket.com. Marsh, great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, Kat. Thanks. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best Best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Just this year, I picked up the uh, Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis, and it's something that I'd had on my to-read list for, uh, it was like 100 years. I mean, it was embarrassing that I'd never read it. You have a list like that, that you think, okay, there's there's books I want to read, but there are books on that list that you can't, you can't believe you've never read. Like, how many options have I had to read this book and I've never done it? That's how I felt about the Space Trilogy. And uh, when I finally did it, I read it in pretty quick succession, one, two, three, and boy, did that charge my thinking in a way I did not imagine. Um, and so it, it, if you've read the Space Trilogy, you know that that uh, C.S. Lewis is kind of postulating on what other what inhabitants of other planets what their relationship is to God the Father, how Jesus is viewed, what the nature of sin is. I mean, it it's really fascinating. And of course, existential questions that even go deeper and, and more broadly, more broad than that. Um, and, you know, for those of you who love C.S. Lewis, this probably isn't a surprise that this is a book that's going to make you think deeply. If you've never read anything by C.S. Lewis, maybe this is a little um, push to get you to investigate one. And so um, I've invited Aaron 
Earls to be on the program with me. I almost mispronounced Aaron's last name. Um, Aaron's a writer for Lifeway Christian Resources, and um, he's been thinking about C.S. Lewis and some of his thoughts. And um, Aaron, I'm glad you're here. Welcome in. Uh, Thanks, Kathy. Nice to be here. So, Aaron... um, so let's talk about the Space Trilogy first, um, but mm-hmm. let's put it in context. So C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien were friends, um, colleagues. They read each other's writings, spurred one another on. Um, talk about some of the things that were kind of going on in their conversation before C.S. Lewis decided to write the Space Trilogy. Yeah, so you know, J.R. Tolkien was honestly one of the people who was – instrumental in, in leading C.S. Lewis to Christ. Uh, they had a great conversation about how Jesus was the the true myth, and that really resonated with Lewis. And so, you know, because of that, you know, uh, interaction they had over faith and, and, and Lewis coming to Christ uh, after talking to Tolkien and some of his other friends, they had this deep relationship. And a lot of that flowed into kind of their desire to write things um, that spoke to them and, and hopefully would speak to others. And so part of what they had a conversation was that they were, they, they both were drawn to some science fiction writing uh, and decided to kind of encourage each other to write something you know, that would you know, speak to what they were feeling, what they wanted to, to read. And, you know, like Lewis normally did, like he got that idea and he just you know, wrote it quickly. You know, wrote, wrote mm-hmm. the this, this space and got those things out there. Uh, Lewis encouraged Tolkien to write a, a time travel novel. Of course, we don't have that. You know, Tolkien was famously – you know, a perfectionist and spent, you know, decades working through the Lord of the Rings and all the languages behind those things. So he never, you know, finished and composed his time travel, um, you know, novel, but we do have the space trilogy from Lewis that kind of you know, birthed out of his and, and Tolkien's conversation about those topics. So uh, one of the things, and I, do you think that I explained it well, um, and perhaps you want to add or subtract to what I said about the kinds of things Lewis was thinking about uh, before he launched into the writing? Yeah, I think you, you did a good job kind of summarizing what the space trilogy is. It moves out into kind of outer space and what that looks like. And, you know, he was writing these things before, you know, humans had really even traveled out in space. This is before the the space race between the, the the Soviets and the Americans had started, and and but you know he he'd grown up reading H.G. Uh, Wells and, and a lot of that kind of early science fiction at the turn of the century, um, but just didn't resonate with kind of the worldview behind those things, and and thought it it kind of glamorized humanity and didn't recognize the fallen nature of man. And so as he's writing the space search, he's thinking about you know what does it look like for man to be fallen, and what does that mean about Space and, and life that may be out in other planets. Again, it's you know it's all a fictional account. Lewis never really said whether he believed or not in in alien life. He was just kind of thinking in the theoretical, and then wanted to use his fiction to kind of communicate these these deep spiritual truths about you know what man is and what our relationship with God looks like, and, and kind of used potential life on other planets to to speak to those truths. Mm-hmm. In the news over the last twelve months or so, uh, maybe. 18 months, um, UFOs have come to the fore uh, again. And there was a, a uh, in- incredibly well-watched ish, uh, edition of 60 Minutes uh, last summer, I think it was, where they interviewed several Navy pilots who had seen unidentified flying objects while they were in jets. Um, and they talked about what they saw. They talked about how disconcerting it was for them because they felt as if these, um, whatever this aerial phenomena was that they were observing, it was not operating with any sort of technology or um, thrust 
any acceleration that was familiar to the pilots. It, it, it mm. seemed like it was just a, a different type of, of scenario. Um, it was a fascinating 60 Minutes. I watched it twice. Uh, at the beginning of your article in uh, CT, Aaron, you talk about a Las Vegas family uh, in April who reported a disturbance in their backyard. Can you tell the story? Yeah, so I just came across this. The, the video just came out recently, but, of course, the, the call was, was earlier this year. But they saw something in their backyard and, and called 911 uh, to come out and investigate it. And, and as they're on the phone, the dispatcher, you're just thinking, you know, it's a normal, you know, somebody's breaking in the backyard, something like that. But they start describing the beings they saw in the backyard and said they were eight feet, nine feet, maybe 10 feet tall, had big, shiny eyes. Uh, a big mouth, and and the the person on the phone with the the nine one one dispatcher said they're a hundred percent not human, uh, and so they they were you know distraught and and you know confident that these were some kind of alien beings, uh, and the police responded, and you know, normally the police you know kind of would would treat this with uh, you know a healthy amount of skepticism, um, but the one police officer had just seen something kind of fly over the sky and what they thought crashed as well. And so those kind of things, you know, coordinated together. Uh, and so the police officer went out, and they didn't, of course, they didn't, they didn't find anything in the backyard. Um, they did find you, the family, you know, still distraught. Um, but when the police officer left, he just said, you know, if, if these you know, nine-foot beings come back, just don't call us. Um, so it's, it's just interesting to, to kind of see some of these, you know, interactions or, or, or uh, encounters that people have and don't really have explanations for, and you know, and what that may, what that may be. Okay, so that's a wacky story. I mean, was was it a wacky family? I mean, I, do you have any details? Like, are they people who often call the authorities because they, you know, have they complained about you know extraterrestrials before? Is there, you know, what I mean? I, like, what kind of yeah? How much how much credence do we give this? I I, I don't know. You know, I, it didn't really give a lot of details about the family. You know, they they just you know just there there's actually a um a, a partial body cam footage of the conversation that the police officer had with the family. And they seemed like a, a you know a, a normal family. Didn't seem like they were you know some type of kind of irrational pranks that were just looking to you know to to, to make a scene. Uh, but you you never know. All you have is this kind of brief interaction with the you know the nine one one dispatcher and then the the police there at their home. So you know all you're left with just kind of is is with their word um, and what they kind of reported having seen. Aaron Earls writes about faith, culture, and C.S. Lewis at The Wardrobe Door. He's also senior writer at Lifeway Research. Aaron, so, okay, so combine what we talked about with the uh, with the C.S. Lewis wonderings in Space Trilogy, um, mm-hmm. this account of the, you know, may, of who knows what, some <laughs> identified, unidentified forms in uh, this backyard. Um, what I told you about the, the 60 Minutes piece about the uh, military pilots who had seen UFOs. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, if, if, I, if you had to nail me down to kind of where I feel at about, you know, alien life, I, I, I remain unconvinced. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what, what people experience and what they view. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything personally for for me that would say this is what it looks like. Uh, you know, I kind of fall in, in Lewis's camp. Again, I don't think he really ever fell on one side or the other. He just wanted to kind of think through, like, what does this, what would this mean? What could this mean uh, for humanity? And, and really, his his argument is along the lines of, if we discover these things, even if we find these things, it's still not going to undermine the central truth of our faith. And for him, that was really an important thing. You know, he kind of spoke about how. His entire kind of Christian life, he would kind of come up to people and, and they would always think they had 
you know, well, this if this scientific thing comes to pass, you know, this is going to disprove Christianity completely, or it's going to prove Christianity completely. And and he kind of pushed back against both those things, um, even in his essay you know, that he wrote about you know the possibility of alien life. You know, he said what we believe always remains intellectually possible. Mm-hmm. It never it never becomes intellectually compulsive. And, and so, I, you know, I I think that's kind of where we're left with, you know, and, until we have some kind of definite, you know, definitive proof of, of alien life, I think we're kind of left with it, it, it could be true. Uh, if it is, I, I think there are explanations within our, our faith that can help us navigate those things, um, or it could not be true. I think either one of the things, you know, really should, should impact the way we think about uh, our faith too greatly. Aaron Earls is with me. Aaron, I'm going to put you on hold for a minute, and we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue on with this conversation. Aaron writes about faith, culture, and C.S. Lewis at the wardrobe door. And uh, we'll talk more about the potential for extraterrestrial life, what that might mean for us. It's the ride home. The world is ever-changing. Fashion, automobiles, news, turn around, and the world is always different. Everything's changed. However, God never changes. God is eternal. Transient, yes, life is. But if you're thinking about embedding yourself in the eternal truth of God and you're a young, soon-to-be college student, I would say, look at Grove City College. It's hard to think through these things. You know, it's hard to think through the news today. It's hard to think through issues that affect people, you know, issues of truth and justice and all and what it means to follow Jesus and be an intellectual person in the world. Um, You need a guide. You need mentors. You need professors that care about you, um, who know you and who are willing to speak into your life if asked. And uh, on a college campus, sometimes that type of mentorship is a hard thing to find. I'm into that. So if you're thinking about applying to colleges in this new semester, your son, your daughter, you yourself, where do you end up? Where do you spend four years of hard-earned study? We'd say Grove City College, the eternal truth of Christ That is what's necessary for life to flourish. GCC.edu, Grove City College. So, what are you thinking for lunch? Uh, I can't. I'm getting new window treatments. So, I gotta go home and wait around all afternoon for a design consultation just to get a quote. It's gonna totally mess up my workday. Why don't you just go to Blinds.com? Because I need custom products. Blinds.com products are made to order and totally customizable. And you get upfront pricing right on their website to easily get your quote online. But I want to see the products in person. Blinds.com ships samples to you fast and free. They can even verify your measurements and handle the installation. Wow, how convenient. Tell me more. Blinds.com also has a huge selection of stylish shutters, shades, curtains, and options for motorization. Even for your patio. Plus their 100% satisfaction guarantee. Well, you've convinced me. Let's go eat. I've got time now. Shop Blinds.com and save 40% on selected products. Get 40% off selected products right now at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
We'll see considerable cloudiness for tonight with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tonight's low 61, mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow. A couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow's high 76. Mostly cloudy skies expected tomorrow night with a low of 62. Sunday, we'll wrap up the weekend with mostly cloudy skies. A couple of showers. It will remain humid with a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Is there life out there in space? It seems preposterous to think that the Earth is the only planet that is populated by life in the vastness of the universe. On the other hand, Dr. Hugh Ross has been with us a bunch of times, and you know his book called Improbable Planet is just a fabulous dive into how unique our planet really is and uh, how strong how unique it is compared to anything else that we know or understand or have discovered. So I guess it could be that, but there's always something in the back, I think, of every person in modernity thinking about something other than Earth. I'm happy to have Aaron Earls back on the program. He's a writer for Lifeway um, Christian Resources, and he also has done a lot of thinking and writing about C.S. Lewis. And I brought up the fact that I had just read the Space Trilogy by Lewis um, just within the last year. And so um, one of the things I love the most, and I said this at the beginning of our conversation, Aaron, is that um, Lewis kind of kind of takes a what-if perspective. What if... Uh, life was discovered on other planets, what would that mean? So it's like kind of like a thought exercise into what are the implications of the faith we believe in and would it be compatible with finding life somewhere else? And of course he says, yes, it would be compatible. Um, but I want you to talk just for a little bit about what's what some of the implications would be um, if we were to do that. Some of the things that Lewis is writing and maybe some of the other writing that you've read has made you think. Yeah, so you know, it, he's just trying to help people think through these things because again if you if you think back to when Lewis is writing you know this is again kind of the dawn of the space age and people are thinking about outer space and thinking about kind of the scientific advancements and all those things kind of around the corner and so the, again kind of the sort of the the modernity thinking uh, where, where people really thought okay well if we figure the, everything out scientifically well that just leaves no space for faith and things of, of religion and Christianity, you know, that's just outdated thinking. And so he really wanted to help people think through how Christianity you know, is, is going to be viable and, and, you know, and you know, an intelligent, reasoned way to think, even despite discoveries that, that may or may not come. And so one of those things was, you know, if there was alien life out there. And so, you know, he kind of dismissed that it would be a significant challenge. He did raise that it would speak to the issue of the incarnation. So if we think about how Jesus came and dwelt as a human, what does that mean then for alien life? You know, if, if Jesus came as a human, what does that mean for, you know, Martians or, or Venetians or whoever may be on these different other planets? Mm-hmm. And so he, he kind of raised that issue of, like, of, of all the kind of fundamental issues that we believe as Christians, the incarnation would be one that, re, that, that may be impacted in some way that we'd have to think a little bit more deeply about. Uh, if we did discover alien life. 
you know, before I read the space trilogy, Aaron, I thought about uh, extraterrestrial life. It was a big interest of my dad's before he passed away. And so we talked about it a lot when I was growing up. And one of the things I always thought of was, well, so if there were creatures on other planets, then Jesus would have had to go there, too. You know, he would have had to go and you know, live and die and whatever. But it wasn't until I read Lewis's books that I thought, oh, wait, only if they had sinned, right? Yeah. So, and and yeah. uh, after, of course, reading the first book, I thought I had never considered the fact that maybe Earth is not the only populated planet, but maybe it's the only populated planet that has sin in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you, you speak of the, the first book. The first book of that is called you know, Out of the Silent Planet. And then the, way, the reason why Lewis you kind of terms it the silent planet w- within the book is it's silent because it's the only one of our solar system that's fallen. You know, we're not in communication with the rest of the heavenly beings that are out there. They're, they're all still in perfect communion and harmony with you know, their creator. And so you know, he really kind of you know, wanted to hone in on the fact of you know, if we're thinking about kind of what makes humanity unique, you know, we're creating God's image, and that's you know the, the the positive side of that. But the negative side is that we've fallen, and that sin is in our world. And so, you know, when we're thinking about you know the potential of alien life or life on other planets, we have to consider that. You know, obviously, you know, hopefully, that if they're creating God's image, that'd be one thing. But have they fallen? Have they given themselves over? You know, to, to sin uh, as Adam and Eve did. And so, you know, Lewis is wrestling with those questions. You know, and in, in his space shows, he he has those other planets where, where they're unfallen. They haven't fallen, so they don't need the same kind of redemption and restoration that, that we do um, because of our fallen nature. I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure there are people who think, well, this is a ridiculous conversation. But I think <laughs> this is when this is how we exercise our brains to think of what the implications of faith are um, and if we and what our theological um presuppositions are and and kind of opening our mind to a new scenario for them i don't know i think it's i think it's really healthy i love the fact that you wrote this article for ct and aaron i want to thank you for being on the show today thanks so much Eddie. yeah aaron earls writes about faith culture and c.s lewis at the wardrobe door also senior writer at lifeway research boy i think that's fascinating all right we're going to take a break but after that we come back and it's time for the week in review what was everybody talking about this week what are we reading would we eat watch what act is off that's next right home 101.5 word. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. New music from John Reddick. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Yes, I am by Christian Paul. And Big God by Terry. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. Have you or your children ever faced hunger at a level where your life or theirs were at risk? Or have you ever been in a situation where you had little or no access to clean drinking water and no ability to get it? For most of us in the United States, we have never had to face that crisis. But for children in the countries of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda, it's a battle they face every single day. 
Cross International is asking for your help to provide life-saving resources for children in these African countries and other nations where Cross International has partners and is working to solve this crisis and assist with COVID-19 efforts. A $62 one-time gift per child helps provide life-saving resources like food, water, COVID-19 assistance, Christian education, and a Bible. If you would like to give a life-saving gift for one or more children, you can get involved right now by calling 1-866-806-2977. That's 1-866-806-2977. Or look for the Cross International banner at wordfm.com. Yeah, it's not just you. A lot of people are wondering why so many big corporations are actively promoting ideas and values that their own customers don't support. And honestly, this is another reason MediShare is so attractive to people who don't want to use their own healthcare dollars to pay for things they don't believe in. MediShare is the refreshing alternative. They're a nonprofit ministry. It's a community of like-minded Christians helping each other live healthy lifestyles. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they save a lot, too. Most families save around $500 a month. And member satisfaction surveys consistently show they like it much more than health insurance. So for you, maybe it's time. Find out how you can not only save, but freely choose to be part of something you believe in. Here's the number you can call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Plan now to join Word FM Friday, August 18th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes, John and Kathy, will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. Early bird tickets, just $40 through June 23rd. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? I don't know. From my perspective, Lex, people were talking about the lost sub. What do you think? That's exactly what I have, too. What was a conversation that made you think? I thought we had a lot of interesting conversations this week. Um, I went with Wednesday at 510. Uh, Sarah Sanderson was on the show and she talked about prayer being a wild thing. And I don't, I thought it was very thoughtful and thought provoking. Um, so yeah, I went with that. You, I went with, uh, the 21st, which was Tuesday. Was that Wednesday? Mm-hmm. That, so I also was that Wednesday at 435 with Alex Harris, um, who yeah. was, um, he was someone who was on Shiny Happy People, which is a Amazon docuseries. Um, and man, I mean, coming out of your comfort zone to talk about a system that you grew up to be a part of, maybe found your identity in and then realized that it's been actively harmful to people is super scary. Um, and it takes guts and an awesome support system to find courage to talk about something that's uh, some people just don't want to hear. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And him talking, he was so forthright in talking about it. Like mm-hmm. he's not he's not afraid to bring it up. He's not, you know, he's not embarrassed. He's just like, look, this is who I am. And I don't. It, and I also like the fact that he was it wasn't. It didn't change his mind about homeschooling, yeah, um, because he's such an incredible beneficiary of that. But really changed his mind about this particular kind of cultish form of it. 
I don't know. I agree with you. I thought it was really good. Yeah. And if you missed any of these conversations, uh, you can always check them out. Um, just look for The Ride Home with John and Kathy on wherever you get your podcasts. What are you reading? I love this book so much. And it's the same book I was talking about last week. It's called Morning and Evening Prayers by uh, our friend Neil Plantinga. He joins us every month on the show. We just met Neil pretty recently within the last six months. Um, And it was through a different book of his. But after I finished that book, my sister got this one for me. And I just can't. I can't rave enough about it. I just, I think in my prayer life, I end up saying the same things a lot of the time. And it's just, you know, I don't know how God feels about that, but I'm bored by myself. I mean, I just like, I got to come up with something better than this and something that's deeper and make me think about different things. And that's exactly what this book does morning and evening prayers. It's so, there's just one prayer in the morning, one prayer in the evening. It's not like it's a complicated formula, but boy, he has so much substance in it. And I'm absolutely loving it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I started The Shadows of Kiyoshi, which is co-authored by F.C. Yi and Michael Dante DiMartino. Okay. Um, it follows the story of Avatar Kiyoshi. If um, you are familiar, if your kids, your kids probably watch this, but it's called um, Avatar The Last Airbender or right. The Legend of Korra was the sequel to that. This is like a prequel book series that they put out. I just read The Rise of Kiyoshi and now I took a little bit of a break, but now I'm starting to slowly get back into reading um, the Shadows of Kiyoshi, which just follows Avatar Kiyoshi as she is like on her own journey to figure out how she's supposed to help the world. And so far, what do you think? I mean, I'm only like maybe a chapter in. Okay, but it, we can't I mean, judge it yet. <laughs> not quite yet, but it is really good. I know the first book was really awesome. So, okay. What did you eat? I went out to eat this week. Uh, yeah. And um, I went to Pooh City's Garden, which is uh, on Butler Street in Lawrenceville. And I went to uh, Pusides before COVID, and it's such a gorgeous place. But then COVID hit, and then they did an enormous, like, everything renovation. Uh, they renovated the garden outside, which was spectacular, and they renovated the restaurant. And so it recently reopened. Very hard to get a reservation there. Um, but I was able to do it and went with a friend. And what a delicious meal. I Wow. What'd you have? I had curry. I had two different curries. I had one as an appetizer and it was so darn good. I went and ordered one as an entree. I mean, it's just, and that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Because it was that good. Yeah. I also spent $10 on a non-alcoholic beverage that was totally worth it. I mean, it was just, it is, the garden is gorgeous. I, you should go there. Absolutely. Um, I made a lamb leg on Sunday. You did? Oh my goodness. Was it so good? It was preseason. It was from Aldi. Um, man, was it really good. So what I ended up doing is that I had so much leftover from dinner that I meal prepped it and I ate it all week oh long. Oh my God. Did you roast it? Uh, I just threw it in the oven. I was, um, the day that I made it, I also made a, um, veggie stock. I had, um, just scraps from when I had been cooking over the past like month or so. So I just started boiling those so I could get some veggie stock. Uh, and I kept taking like cups of veggie stock and, you know, basting it with the lamb. Oh man. Was How do you good. feel about mint sauce? Mint sauce. So- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bring it on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. What did you watch? I'm into Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <gasps> 
This is great. It is the. I think that show is so hilarious. I don't know how I missed it before. Oh, I know how I missed it because it was some kind of channel I didn't get. Anyway, it's available on Peacock, and I got Peacock just so I could watch this show because it used to be on Hulu. Anyway, mm-hmm. it is. You do you watch it? Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. <laughs> I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. I didn't know. Jake Peralta. <laughs> He's my favorite. But Gina is oh. just epic. Gina. I mean, I just, I totally love it. I love her so much. Uh, I've been, I, I talked about um, the person that we interviewed, but Shiny Happy People is oh, what yeah, I've yeah. been watching. Um, and I'm watching it again this weekend to really take it in because it's really, really, really heavy. It's a really good show. Um, How many episodes is it? It's four episodes. So very. It's Each not, one an hour? Yeah, just about. And so it's not like a difficult watch. I mean, it's difficult in content, but it's not difficult in like lengthwise. Um, but when I watched it, um, I couldn't help but feel like I did when I watched Sweet um, Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey, which is a very similar um, docu-series on Netflix that talks about um, the rise of Warren Jeffs in the fun- Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and his criminal case. And so I, mm-hmm. to watch the two, and I sit there and I can only see like the similarities in it. Like I can see the differences, but the similarities of like no one saw the abuse that was happening or saw it and ignored it and no one stopped it. And, but except for this one, at least for me and for, I feel for a lot of our listeners is probably a lot closer to home. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got to check that out. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You need to watch it. What hacked you off? Went to a live concert last night with my hub, and the concert was terrific. And it, after it was over, of course, the thing we always do is you have to go out somewhere so that you can eat food and talk about the concert. You have to be able to break it down, like high points, low points, what was happening there, what did you think of that, whatever. There, There's nothing open anymore at night. Yeah, no. What is the deal? <laughs> We're at the Homestead Public Library, right? Had a watched Pat Metheny completely wowed by it my husband and i and a friend were all excited to go chat about it and we could not it was 10.05 when the concert ended nothing mm-hmm. the nothing. only thing open is like fast food and exactly who wants that? I, right we're gonna sit at wendy's and what like it's for, hack me off oh yeah i was at i went to aldi yesterday and if you don't know aldi you have to put a quarter into the cart right. to get the cart uh, and then you get your quarterback when you um, put when the you cart put, back. When you put the cart back, well, uh, what a lot of people do is that they'll see someone who is just about to walk into the store and hand them their cart, and usually that person will hand them a quarter, so right. that way it's an even exchange. Well, I did that, um, and I handed this guy um, my cart, and then he handed me a quarter, and then all I hear is this lady go, "I wouldn't have taken his quarter. I don't even know this lady," and she's like shaming me for taking a man's quarter. She's like, you got to pay it forward. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> go pay it forward somewhere else. Put your cart back and don't put it back in. So don't get your quarter. Why are you shaming me? <laughs> oh, man, that hacked me off. Go bother someone else. <laughs> what have you been listening to? Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. Um, should I go first or are you going first? Oh, you should go first. Okay. All right. So what I was listening to is this. (laughs) 
This is Pat Metheny, who was in town last night. Right, put this, put this part up because it's so good, Lex. Seeing Pat Metheny is just is like it's just seeing a master at work. It was absolutely terrific. And you were listening to Lex. I was listening to this. Who's that, Lex? That is Greta Van Fleet. That song is Light My Love. Okay, is that on the newest album? No. It's on the second one. It's on their Battle at Gardens Gate. Okay. Oh, man. That is an album you have to listen to from beginning Beginning to to end. end. That's how I feel about... story. That's how... Okay. I don't know that album very well, but that's how I feel about their first album. Oh, yes. Is that you have to listen to it beginning to end. I don't know if it tells a story, but I just feel like one song builds on the other. Yeah. Anyway, okay, put that up and then we're out of here. All right. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JND Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. JD Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. 
The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I'm Corey, and this is my story. I was going through some financial troubles paying off my credit cards. I was paying high interest rates, and it just wasn't getting any better. And I knew I had to do something. So my mom told me about Trinity, and so I decided to call. Trinity was able to do something that I couldn't. I'm paying off my debt. I'm saving thousands, and things are really looking up. I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you call Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life and it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders. Trinity was great to work with. They wanted to help me. I love it. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. I'm Corey and I'm debt free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. Our week in review is cut short. Thank you. Because Lexi forgot a part of it. I, I hit the button and I went, this sounds like it's not right. And I was correct. It was not. So That's the, the problem is with that button. I really think that <laughs> everything's so close together. Right. Okay. And what do we miss, Lex? What was the best news you heard this week? Oh, right. We talked about all the bad things that we didn't like. We didn't talk about the good things. Yeah. Okay. You go first. Oh, okay. So I've been telling you about this, Kathy, but there's this dog on TikTok. And her name is Rory, and she loves Henry Cavill, as we all should. <laughs> She's obsessed right. with Henry Cavill. Like, she and watches will, him on TV. Watches him on TV. Her, her owner has set up like a little shrine of Henry Cavill for her dog to look at. And the dog will stare at Henry Cavill for hours. It's insane. Well, recently we just found out, um, her owner just announced that Rory got invited by Netflix to go to the season three premiere of The Witcher. You're kidding where me. Where Henry Cavill's going to be. So-, so she can see her crush in person. Yes. <laughs> That's probably the best news I've heard this week. <laughs> what about you? Well, the best news I heard this week is closer to home. Um, but you're going to you're going to uh, resonate with this because I went out this morning and my herb garden is on fire. Yes, it is awesome. I mean, I, everything is so big and gorgeous i just i can't believe it and i'm just completely geeked about it oh my gosh yeah especially because we had that like dry period of like two or three weeks where it didn't rain at all i felt the same way i was so nervous about my garden and yours is looking good too yeah my tomato plants are they are growing (laughs) like little weeds oh what'd you do with your tomato plants oh yeah so i made like a little fertilizer where i put i took banana peels that i just store in the freezer for when i want to make this like fertilizer I boiled them. Do with you do this some, often? Not often. No, but I do have banana peels in my freezer that I need to boil. Okay. <laughs> and I boil um, lemon thyme with it because that has citronella and that is like a natural repellent for bugs. So I boil that together for like an hour on the stove and then I put it in my watering can, fill it up with some water and then water my plants. And it's like a little fertilizer. Look at me go. <laughs> Yeah, that's impressive. And Doug Oster, you should definitely exactly. let me know. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to ask him about that. Let me, let me know if I'm killing my plants. Gardeningwithdoug.com. <laughs> Uh, this week in this weekend in Pittsburgh, it's a big um, it's a big music weekend. I said last night I was at the Pat Metheny concert mm-hmm. at uh, the Carnegie Homestead, and what a 
magnificent two hours of music. I mean, I, it's just seeing him on stage is one of those people that you look down at and you think, because I'm looking down because I'm on the balcony, and you think, I can't believe that's him. I cannot believe that's him. But one note out of his first guitar, and it can't be anybody else but him. Anyway, it was fabulous. Tonight, Dave Matthews is out at Star Lake. Uh, also tonight, uh, Ben Folds, the pianist, is out at uh, the Palace Theater in Greensburg. So I bet either one of those would be great concerts. Uh, tomorrow night, Dirks Bentley is at Star Lake at 7 o'clock. Um, Saturday is YEP's annual Summer Music Festival. Um, and if you like oldies, Hermits Hermits and Peter Noon are going to be at the Palace Theater. I mean, if that's your thing, go for it. Anyway, whatever your thing is, have a great weekend, Pittsburgh. See you. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.